We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking rookie risers on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, joined by my co-host, Mr. Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz with another Dynasty episode. We, in particular, are going to talk about some rookie uh, wide receivers and other players that have risen up the ranks, given some of the athletic measurables that we've seen come in um, and some of the words on the streets from the scouts and coaches that have met with these players. It's a Friday, Curtis. I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, sir? Man, I'm running on E. I don't even have... <laughs> it's just been one of those weeks, man. I don't even have bourbon tonight. I'm literally drinking uh, Evian. <laughs> I'm just drinking water uh, because... Yeah, I, I feel dehydrated. I feel tired, uh, but it doesn't affect my mood. I'm still, you know, going to conquer the world every minute that I'm alive and walking and waking. And uh, we're going to do that in this podcast. Talk about these risers and uh, give some fire takes, my friend. Okay, so as everybody knows, uh, the second volume of the Rookie Draft Guide published this week as a result, Curtis, we had some shakeups in the rankings. I had a couple guys that I was surprised to see move up in my list when I actually sat down in my way through the exercise. I know you did as well, and really everybody on the team. We all went through, found some guys that we saw move up our rankings. Do you have a name for us of a player that you were surprised to see make a pretty significant jump when you sat down and went through this exercise again? <sighs> I mean, there, there really were a lot of players, um, but there was kind of two different pods of players. Like there were some that I think we just got more information on. It's not necessarily that their, their profile changes that we got confirmation of athleticism um, or, you know, we just had more time to kind of look at the profiles, but then there's a lot of risers that rose because other players that we thought would have good profiles just didn't. Um, and so space was created by fallers. Like, uh, Isaiah Spiller and, you know, people have to, and, and Kyron Williams. 
and, you know, other players of that ilk. And, and you've got to fill in those gaps. And so it's really two different types of players. Now, when you go back to volume one, I mean, we're, we're just early. We put ourselves out there. And because we're really looking at the college production profile, and because we have all this information from our great Devi team, um, you know, headed up by Travis May, but we've also got uh, Matt Wispy and Stefan Laco who are doing great work year round yep. talking about all these prospects. You know, we're able to be early, but because we're so early, we don't have the senior bowl information yet. Uh, we don't even have all the NFL declaration information yet when we're doing this stuff. That's, and that's so very we, true. So we don't, <laughs> yes. And so we don't, we don't have information in volume one on guys like Christian Watson um, from, you know, small schools. And, you know, th- then he totally just shoots up the board after, you know, senior bowl week is what really put him on the map. Yep. And so, you know, guys like that don't even make it into volume one. And then there's massive adjustments. So he's the natural name that basically goes from outside our top 60, you know, to looking like a rookie second rounder. That's obviously the, by far the biggest jump of any player. Um, but there's, there's some other risers too, where I think we just got a chance to, to look at him a little bit more. Um, and also, you know, in the case of, of one of your favorite players uh, in super flex formats, I think just having a chance to consider the relative positional value of quarterback versus the other position. So there's all different reasons that guys would rise. It's probably just easy to, easiest to talk about why they rose as we get into the individual players. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, do we want to start off? I guess take me through here. If there's any player, you see the ones that I've highlighted, anybody that you wanted us to start off with in particular? Well, let's just talk about Christian Watson. I mean, I already name dropped him. Um, you know, in, in the guide, uh, each of us kind of picked one player that uh, stood out to us, but you know, there's, there's probably 20 that we could have highlighted, but this was the guy that Travis may really highlighted. And what he wrote, uh, was when the entire NFL draft community is smitten with the wide receiver at the senior bowl. It's usually good to make note of that. Other players that would satisfy that criteria in, uh, in, in years gone by would be Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup. Um, you know, so it, it, it is interesting. Um, you know, when you get somebody that, that really grabs everybody's attention, uh, he goes on to write, but when that same wide receiver goes on to crush the NFL combine, uh, now it's a legitimate hype train. You know, yep. you, you start stacking up those wins. Um, the questionable production at the FCS level is still concerning. You know, of course, Travis and Blair collaborated to create adjusted production index. So, you know, Travis, you know, really tracking this stuff. Uh, Watson's going to see some real NFL draft capital now. I think that's a real, that's a real big takeaway. And so you go from a player that wasn't on our radar too much. He's going to be an old, he's going to be old at the NFL draft. I mean, almost 23 years old. And despite his athleticism, despite his incredible size, um, didn't do as much as you would expect. You know, you would have expected domination at the FCS, FCS level like uh, we saw uh, from Cooper Cup. So um, that is concerning. But, you know, if he gets round two NFL draft capital, uh, he brings unique size and athleticism to the board. 6'4", uh, almost 210 pounds. Uh, what a 93rd percentile. 40-yard uh, dash, sub 4'4", four, 4'3", four, four, Broad jump. Uh, off the charts. I mean, jumped out of the building, uh, 99th percentile, 136 inch broad jump. That is insane. That's just really insane, man. It's over 11 foot uh, broad jump at that size. And his vert was quite impressive as well. So, you know, Watson, in terms of, you know, where he moved uh, for our team, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. So in terms of, of rankings in Superflex. Uh, Watson 
uh, checks in at player number 20 overall in tier three. Uh, he is behind one of the other receivers we're going to talk about in this episode. So kind of keep that in mind. And we'll get to that. Then in our mock drafts that we ran, uh, the super flex and tight end premium mock drafts, uh, Christian Watson checked in with an ADP of 25.3, um, drafted as high as 23rd, drafted as late as 28 across those three exercises. That kind of gives you an idea of the range. Again, this is super flex. You know, you can basically bump him five spots. Uh, in a in a one QB exercise and kind of see where he would land. So you know, Dave, that's that's the lay of the land on there. I've got uh, a little bit of info from Sean on on Watson that I would want to share. But you know, what what's your take here? Oh man, I mean, I get it. I think that it, it it's actually kind of funny. Like, um, I read through. I think Travis was the first person person to submit his like you know quick little paragraph there for a player that was a riser. Yeah. And when I started reading the Christian Watson blurb that he provided, I got pretty excited, right? And uh, you know, then you pop into the the tools that we have, and it is a hard profile to properly account for, um, you know, given the small school profile. Um, you look at players that he comps with athletically. And it's a little bit difficult to find um, all a list of names that is perhaps very congruent with what you might expect just because there isn't, you know, a shuttle or a cone for him. Tall yeah. player 208. But you see guys like AJ Green pulling in. You see guys like Martavis Bryant, uh, Stephen yeah. Hill. These were athletic, physically imposing guys. It does raise the question, like you alluded to, you know, if he has that mold and that profile, why isn't he just bodying people, you know, in the college ranks, pushing people around? Um, still, though, I remain pretty excited about Watson. And I think that he's one of those players that's now gained enough traction that he might push his draft stock up to the point where now we're actually going to see him be able to get a shot at some point to prove what he can do at the next level. So I think that him moving up the ranks makes a lot of sense. And uh, I guess the other thing that I would add is in terms of players that are putting up um, you know, these type of 40 numbers at 208 at the wide receiver position, it's always going to be a player that I'm interested in because it's hard to find those combinations of side and speed, size and speed, which is something we're always trying to find. Yeah, th- that's uh, that was very well said. Uh, but the athleticism at the end of the day is really the only box that he checks. So I really love this. <laughs> um, so, so Sean and I kind of collaborate on this grid. Um, uh, I think two years ago, um, our team arrived on a checking all the boxes yep. um, uh, spot. And, and it's, it's how we kind of got ourselves onto Justin Jefferson back in that class. It's yep. like, man, he just shows up at the top. Like no matter what we're looking at, you know, he's in that top cluster of, of three to five in the class, really, no matter how you're looking at him. And uh, it, you know, that, that obviously um, proved very effective for us. And I think an exercise like this, is especially valuable in a year where, you know, we have a couple college football seasons that are incomplete for many of these players. Um, and it makes it a little bit tougher to solve uh, from a, a, a traditional, you know, breakout age or, you know, college production uh, perspective. So Sean's criteria here, you know, 
we've, we basically got four different boxes. We're trying to check early breakout, early declare, elite production, and then plus size or athleticism. And in a normal year, we might actually put specific benchmarks around what we're trying to do to check those boxes. But now we're kind of just looking for themes. We've got to adjust our process here. Well, Watson did not break out early and he is not an early declare and he did not have elite production and he didn't do any of those things despite playing an inferior level of football. What he does have is plus size and plus athleticism, perhaps best highlighted by his top in class freak score, uh, which places him in the 97th percentile. So it's enough. He gets a a check in one box, but I think versus a couple of the other receivers we'll talk about, you know, quickly in this episode, um, it's very difficult to kind of justify excitement over guys that do check three or four of these boxes, especially with production, you know, at a higher level of competition. So it really is a dance. He feels like the ideal dart throw to me in the second round, but you know, there's just going to be a super wide range of outcomes. Like I feel like if he's not a hit, he'll probably just be a total miss. Right. Um, And, and so that's what, that's the disappointing thing. Like if you've got a collection of second round picks, you can be a little bit more cavalier with it. Um, you know, I, I get the appeal, but you know, this is not a player that needs to be skyrocketing up to the the top of the second round, challenging you know profiles like George Pickens, who broke out sub age nineteen at an elite Power Five school. So, like, let's just keep it in check. Yeah, that's a great point, and um, I think I've kind of talked about this before, but how like uh, excitement for a player doesn't necessarily translate into meaning that they are a player that you're going to be trying to grab at every spot in the draft. Uh, so I think, I think you kind of explained that nicely there. Um, I want to talk though about a player. I think that we've talked about Kenneth Walker um, enough, you know, he's a name that comes to mind, but we really already kind of talked about him. And like you said, some of his movement did relate to Isaiah Spiller mm-hmm. falling short of what many would have hoped for. But I want to talk about a player that actually when we had Fantasy Mansion on, uh, he was pretty enamored with and he mentioned I actually talked about him in the guide. And a lot of it did have to do with some of the personality traits um, that were being assigned to him and some of the things that he did at the Senior Bowl. And that player is Desmond Ritter um, Mm. because he impressed a lot of scouts. I I talked in my write-up about um, him not only doing things athletically, which we'll talk about in a minute on the field, um, but also having a strong performance at the senior bowl, um, you know, putting his team, driving them down the field, adding two touchdowns, um, going four of six passing. So just four passes, two touch, <laughs> two touchdowns on four passes. But it wasn't really just that performance. It was the way that he impressed the people that were there, the coaches he was meeting with, in person, um, which, you know, as we talked about on that show with Manchin is something that is hard to overlook for quarterbacks. Then he goes into the drills at the combine, Curtis. Uh, Keep in mind, this is a player weighs 211 pounds, uh, Mm. stands about 6'3", 97th percentile 40-yard dash for quarterbacks with a 4.52, a 65th percentile shuttle, but absolutely crushes the broad jump 99th percentile for quarterbacks, uh, a 127 inch broad jump, and then also a 91st percentile vertical. So if you are looking at quarterbacks um, from an athletic and uh, 
size profile here. His closest matches are guys like Andrew Luck and Marcus Mariota. Uh, you know, two very athletic people might forget even at this point how athletic Andrew Luck actually was as a prospect. But, uh, you know, there's now the intangibles look like they might be there. Russell Wilson is also a player he comps with. We saw what he was able to do at the Cincinnati program, really a program that went through a very transformative state. One could say that he had a lot to do with that. And uh, it's hard to deny kind of this confluence coming together. Now, naturally, um, there there is still time to see how things play out in the draft. But I think that there's reasons to feel good now about Ritter improving his draft stock, going fairly early, and maybe being able to use those leadership skills, that arm, and that athleticism that's going to be there to make something happen for his fantasy managers. Yeah, that's a that's a great cut up, man. And he, you know, just talking practically about, you know, how he's valued now, we were pretty much unanimously moving him up the boards. You know, you you yep. certainly, you know, kind of banging the drum uh very loudly for Ritter. We ended up as a team ranking him in tier one B. I mean, that's a huge jump from tier three in volume one. Uh checks in at number eleven overall in our super flex rankings in the guide and in our uh mock draft alchemy. Uh, he actually checks in with an ADP of 11.7, did not go outside the first round in any of the drafts. He went 12, 12, 11 in those three drafts. So, you know, that we've, we've kind of uh, locked in there. It'll be interesting to see if that's how the community ends up valuing mm-hmm. him. Um, I keep seeing, you know, the NFL mocks. It, he's like a very end of the first round pick that, you know, he get, he's getting mocked to the, the Lions a lot. You know, will somebody trade up in front of them to to, to add him to the squad? You know, I always do like the college quarterbacks that start a lot of games. And uh, I also wanted to harken back to your your personality uh, comments. And I was wondering if we ought to uh, try to do Enneagram types on prospects um, <laughs> in, in the future. Because I think Desmond Ritter is a total three with a strong seven wing. Oh, and, my uh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, this, this dude's a, a leader. Um, he's, he's charismatic and, uh, you know, very self-assured he's an achiever and, uh, you know, he's, he's came up in the program, helped really, um, put Cincinnati kind of permanently on the map. I mean, they're really a national force over the last couple of years and, uh, you know, knows how to win, been part of a successful program. I think all those things matter at the quarterback position so much more like self-confidence, you know, your image, um, a track record of success it's so much more important than just the raw stats at that position, because when it gets tough, like you have to believe in yourself and your teammates have to look, be able to look you in the eye and trust that you're big enough for the moment. Um, and so like, you know, this is way outside of, of things that are like actually truly able to be measured. And it's the reason that interviews uh, can be important um, for a prospect's draft stock and um, in both directions. And, uh, yeah, I, I really love that you highlighted his athleticism too, because, um, man, I, I just didn't see I thought, you know, Hey, maybe he's like a high four, six guy. Like he's definitely mobile, but four five, two, I mean, geez, you know, this is, this is really exciting. You know, I, I still don't think he's going to be a Jalen hurts type, you know, rusher in the NFL. I don't think we're going to necessarily see that, but yeah. Andrew Luck comments. I, I appreciate that. Three, 400 yards, five, six rushing touchdowns. You know, it's a nice mm-hmm. little weekly floor, nice little bump. Um, so I'm excited. I hope he does land in that 111, 112 range. 
because that's where most of my picks are. Because I'm really great at Dynasty, <laughs> and I, I, I would love, <laughs> I would love to uh, add, I would love to add Ritter uh, across you know many of my teams this year. Yeah, a final comment here, just to put into perspective how fast that four five is. Um, obviously, it's 99th percentile at quarterback, but four five. Think about it. That's faster than Traylon Burks. And I know people were a little disappointed yeah. with Burks' speed, but it's like that's yeah. still faster than yeah. a man playing wide receiver. That's one of the best wide receiver prospects. So I yeah. mean, that's nothing, yeah. nothing to scoff at. All right, so that's Ritter. We talked about Watson, uh, Curtis. There are a couple other names here that are guys I would say that you have been salivating over. Care to share one of yeah, their names both of them, us? man. <laughs> But both of them. And yeah. uh, we had a ghostwriter for Blair Andrews blurb in this one <laughs> that I, that I know that I know yeah. really well sleep in the same bed as this guy. Um, <laughs> so Sky, uh, Sky Moore uh, per our prospect workout explorer. Uh, he actually looks like golden Tate uh, was slightly more burst. So like, just let that sink in for a second because golden Tate was like total yak all-star for many years. I mean, better part of a decade in the NFL. Uh, he boasts a top quintile 40-yard dash, an impressive 125-inch broad jump. Uh, Moore did back up his production profile with a more than adic- adequate showing in the combine. Um, other athletic profile sims include some players that had at least 500 PPR in their first three NFL seasons, which is a, a really solid mark, especially for a player that's probably going to go in like the mid-second of rookie drafts. Uh, players like Lavernius Coles, who had some wide receiver one seasons in the NFL, Sterling Shepard, and Randall Cobb also all, you know, show up. So, you know, Sky is, he's more than just, you know, a, a, a group of five school uh, slot that, you know, racked up production. I mean, it, it, it shows up in his athletic measurables. And so, you know, it makes you wonder, like, could this be a small school uh, Antonio Brown situation? You know, I mean, you know, that, that, that's the type of thing that you look for yep. uh, is for a player to back that up. Um, you know, with the athletic profile. So, I, I mean, I really like Sky Moore. Uh, his ADP is probably falsely inflated in all of our exercises because I just kept taking him, um, <laughs> you know, really early. It, uh, he checks in with an ADP of 17.7 in our mock draft alchemy. Uh, he went 16, 18, 19 in those exercises. And then to give you maybe a better perspective of where the group has more, uh, he actually does check in in front of Christian Watson in tier three uh, at 19 overall. So uh, while I am enthusiastic on more, the rest of the team is uh, as well. I mean, Dave, why don't you maybe get into a couple of the specifics of his athletic profile? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, for sure. So Sky Moore, uh, 195 pounds, 83rd percentile, 40-yard dash at 441. Uh, the agility, not as great as some of these other measures, 35th percentile in the shuttle, 23% in the cone, but did record a 70th percentile score in the broad jump. Um, has a speed score of 103, 74th percentile for wide receivers in the explosion, just 160 uh, in total, but still 61st, uh, 60. Well, I'm having trouble talking tonight, 61st percentile among wide receivers. Um, as I mentioned, the agility 25th percentile. When you think about that agility, though, in the context of Sky Moore, Curtis, does it bother you at all? I mean, it, that's kind of hard to answer because, I mean, he was like with the football in his hands, he was able to make a lot of things happen right. from the act perspective. So right. um, perhaps, you know, he did not have the type of trainer that helped him turn in a 50th percentile measure in those areas. I mean, when you look across the broad swath of his athletic measurables, uh, he's, he's not only above average, but really like top quartile in yep. most of the measures it's, you know, we, he doesn't have the, the best vert, uh, but that's also, you know, for, for the type of player that he is, I mean, he's five ten. he's going to be a slot. Like, mm -hmm. you know, he's not going to be jumping above, you know, goalposts to, to, to rein in, uh, bombs in the back of the end zone. This is not the type of player he is. The arm length, you know, the arm length, that could be a problem. You know, maybe if he doesn't land with the most uh, accurate quarterback, uh, he does have short arms, just 31 inches. Um, 25th percentile arms. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, listen, no, I don't I'm think not, it matters. I'm Dude, not getting this far. I'm not getting matter. this far no, into no, it, man. No. You know, I mean, yep. he, he's, he's fast. He was super productive. He has a great BMI. Um, you know, he, he, he does check the boxes. Like, let's talk about you know, Sean's checking the box exercise because we're back on the wide receiver uh, position again. And uh, when you look at Sky Moore, um, he did have an abbreviated 2020 schedule. Um, it's likely be because he's in the group of five and there were more cancellations uh, due to COVID that season. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's pretty easy to see that he would have broken out, but we can't say that he did. Uh, so we just black that box out. We're not really looking at that box. You don't know what would have happened. You, know, you can see that either way that you would like to. Uh, but he was an early declare. He does have a 33% career uh, 
team market share uh, of receiving yardage. That's very elite production. And then you have the four, four, one forty. So he's, he's checking three out of the three boxes that we have enough information on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think my enthusiasm is justified. I think that's also, you know, many of the reasons the rest of the team uh, is, is enthusiastic. And these should, I just find myself really drawn more to this profile than Christian Watson's because it just feels like the floor is so much higher. Um, it, I don't know, like my, my track record of, of targeting the players slightly under six foot that have nice BMIs and good speed backed up by some production. It just seems like I've never regretted those second round picks and they almost always pan out. And, you know, these freak athletes with, with nothing else to their name, if they don't get onto the field in their rookie season, you know, it can be a little ugly in terms of, you know, maintaining the dynasty value. So, you know, it's different like with George Pickens where he gave us a little bit early and it was at a, a big time school. Like I don't mind maybe chasing that type of profile versus, versus a Watson. But when you've got the floor of a more, um, and even though his first name's sky, you know, I think this is a player that maybe has some floor. So, uh, yeah, I, we've talked probably enough about him. Um, I think you guys can get it that we're pretty excited about it. The other guy that I want to talk about that has a little bit less buzz, but I've been equally excited about and perhaps is a much better bet. Yep. Uh, regardless of what his rookie ADP will be is Alec Pierce. This is Desmond Ritter's t- teammate from Cincinnati. Um, he Alec is similarly Pierce crushing, crushing oh. the combine at 211 pounds, 75 inches. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there, but it's hard to no. contain my excitement. Yeah, man. I mean, like this is just, these are all just facts. He's younger than Christian Watson. He was more productive in college than Christian Watson. He played a higher level of competition than Christian Watson. And he's similarly sized to Christian Watson. He's faster than Christian Watson and he jumped higher than Christian Watson. So like, what, what are we, you know, what are we doing? Um, You know, his, his freak score 98th percentile, you know, he's going to be 21 years old at the time of the NFL draft. I think, I think this is the player that makes a lot more sense to bet on at the end of the second round. Like I would rather trade back with Christian Watson on the board trade down half a round and take Alec Pierce at the two, three turn. Like that's how much I like this player. I'm going to have so much Alec Pierce in volume one of the rookie guide. We did six rookie mocks as an ownership team. I took Alec Pierce in every single one of those mock drafts. (laughs) Uh, Nobody else even had a chance. I got him at the end of the third, every time, you know, now he's kind of checking in at a little bit different level. Um, He comes in and super flex now at 27 overall in tier three, that is for those keeping score, the same tier as Sky Moore and Christian Watson, but you know, half a notch lower uh, in terms of the mock drafts. Um, I think some other players did get to dabble with some Alec Pierce exposure this time. Um, 27.3 was his ADP when as early as 26 as late as 29th. And from the checking all the boxes perspective, uh, he did not have the early breakout, uh, so that's a ding. Uh, he wasn't early declare, so that's solid. Uh, elite production, um, we can't really say that uh, from an API perspective. Um, but, man, the plus size and athleticism is there. So we get an extra box checking. Um, 
if we're only using the boxes that Sean is suggesting that we use. But you could also say that level of competition, like I said, is another advantage that he would have uh, over Christian Watson. So I'm really excited about Pierce and I think he's a great value in kind of that early third round area. Yeah, man. Like I said, it is hard not to get excited when you look at uh, some of those athletic measurables. Now, as we've mentioned, you know, that is not the entire story. If you were to go into the box score scout, uh, you might see that the production um, in his first season, you know, wasn't anything off the charts. Uh, His final year, 884 receiving yards, um, eight receiving touchdowns, 25% receiving dominator um, in 14 games. But this is, remember, a player that isn't being looked at as one of those elite prospects in there. So when I start thinking about guys that look like they have some upside, I think he could be one of those, especially relative to where I'm going to be able to get him, hopefully, in my drafts, assuming that the enthusiasm doesn't get out of hand. Um, Curtis, can I toss out one more name? I know last time we talked, we were thinking about guys that we might be trying to get onto our teams a little bit later, maybe a wide receiver sleeper or two. Um, I am going to toss out the name of Khalil Shakir, um, out of Boise state is a 22 year old, 196 pounds, put up a 78th percentile 40 yard dash with a time of four, four, three, um, a shuttle with 62nd percentile, broad jump 64th percentile, weak scores in the cone, uh, pretty weak in the vert, but draws a really, really interesting list of athletic comps with guys like uh, Stefan Diggs, Steve Smith, and Robert Woods. Um, mm. If you look at his college production, um, he's also going to be a player that doesn't have anything that jumps off the page too much, except for the fact that he controlled uh, 46 and 35% of a receiving dominator for Boise state in his final two years there. And also um, in 12 games racked up 1,117 receiving yards on 77 receptions. When I look at that for a player like him, I look at that list of players. I can't help but think that there's a, possibility that maybe he's one of these players that a team can use in a bit of a niche role and be able to, um, as a function of volume prosper. Now we're going to have to see what happens with him in the actual draft. I have not checked in on the draft stock in the last week or so. Um, but he's a name of a guy that, you know, come the later rounds of my draft, I'm going to be looking at. Yeah, he's, he's pretty interesting because he didn't, like the way he showed up at the combine was just not at all what I thought he was. I thought he's yep. going to run in the four sixes. Yep. Uh, I actually thought he's going to be closer to six, two than six foot. Yep. Um, so, so like, yeah, it's just really interesting. Uh, they could, you know, the, these non power five schools, you know, they play with the numbers, you know, a little bit and that can yep. make it hard sometimes. Um, and, you know, I was definitely fooled, but I thought Shakir was going to kind of check in a little bit more like a Keenan Allen type of player. Uh, but he doesn't look like that at all. Right. Um, so I've kind of had to like hit a mental reset on this and um, kind of appreciate him in a different way um, to kind of build on what you were saying. Um, he did break out, you know, with a, a 20.9 breakout age, you know, just barely getting in under uh, the 21 uh, a mark there was not an early declare. Um, 
Sean marks that he does not have elite production, you know, but his, his peak dominator of 0.46 is obviously, you know, great. Um, so it just, you know, kind of depends on, you know, wh- how you're defining elite in, in terms of owning a portion of his team's offense. Uh, you could argue that it was certainly elite. And uh, I, d- I just didn't really think that, you know, sub four or five was even, you know, in the range of possible outcomes for the player. So he ends up actually being a plus in terms of his speed, uh, as Sean notes there. So uh, what does that mean for Shakir, you know, to the rest of the team? You know, Dave's pretty excited. Uh, I know Travis really liked Khalil Shakir going into volume one. Uh, he actually ended up being a little bit of a faller. Um, but I think this is a situation where getting more information on other guys, yep. uh, you know, early on, I think dominators is, is certainly what put us on Shakir. Also, um, and, sorry, uh, not, not to cut yeah, you off, but there ahead. was rushing production too, which creates, I, I forgot to mention that creates a little bit more yeah. of the intrigue too. Um, sure. actually 71 career carries. Yeah. yeah. 71 career carries 413 yards four rushing touchdowns. Now earlier in his career, he was used more as a rusher. Um, not not used more as a rusher than he was as a receiver, but got into the games more often um, mm-hmm. carrying the football as a sophomore, uh, put up three rushing touchdowns on um, 19 attempts. So, you know, maybe a versatile player as well. Well, I think that's where you go back to your uh, year one to three comps from the uh, prospect workout explorer. And when you see a name like Robert Woods, who's used, you know, yep. in that way in the NFL, that's, you know, maybe what adds a little bit of excitement back. Uh, Shakir did fall to the mid, uh, actually the late third in Superflex for us and dropped out of tier three. So that might be more that the team doesn't see quite as much upside in the profiles as some of the other receivers. But, you know, in Superflex at the wide receiver position to come in in the third round, you know, those are still players you want to target. You know, in years past, you're getting players like Terry McLaurin and others in that range. And so it certainly doesn't mean that you can't, you know, find value uh, hunting down there. Uh, In the mock drafts, Shakir comes in with an ADP of 37.3, actually went between 36 and 38 in in each of those exercises. So, yeah, um, I don't know if he's as much of a target for me. He would be a consolation for me, I guess, if I can't trade up uh, from the the mid to late third. I'm going to be... I really like to trade up from that spot um, creatively. I try to do it in almost all of my rookie drafts to get into that 212 to 303 range. I just think that a lot of players end up sliding in almost you know every league that I'm in into that range that I don't expect. And so I just end up value hunting there every season. So, But Shakir would be a very nice constellation uh, in the mid to late third in any league where I have lots of picks or just in a, unable to uh, trade up you know, for an Alex Pierce type. Yeah, for sure. So we covered uh, a lot of ground on these players today. Curtis, I know that you are running on empty. Hopefully uh, the bottle of water has hydrated you a little bit. Um, You're going to be on vacation (laughs) next week, though, right? So you can hopefully get some rejuvenation. So give us, uh, you know, some of that optimism. Well, yeah, man. Um, I, I do need to get myself pumped up here a little bit because, well, so first off, as we're recording this, it was my youngest son's fifth birthday today. So Miles, nice. happy fifth birthday, buddy. And, uh, you know, this weekend, you know, we're going to be taking the, the whole family down to Disney World in Florida. It's going to be in the 80s. We get a little bit of sunshine, you know, hang out by the pool and the days between going to the park, which is going to be great. 
And uh, it's like, it's, there's gonna be a lot of exciting things. We're going to make some great memories. I mean, the kids have never flown on a plane before. I don't even know if they've ever gone to the airport other than to like pick me up after wow. a trip or something. Yep. So it's, yeah, that's going to be really cool. Um, you know, and just like, I just think back to vacations as a kid and, you know, the extra little magic that's there that sometimes you forget about as an adult, like even little things like, you know, renting a car, like this is different than our normal car, like <laughs> stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like yep. just stuff like that feels so exciting. Um, so we're going to spend a day at magic kingdom. We're going to do a day at uh, Hollywood studios and a day at animal kingdom. Uh, so that's going to be really fun. And then, you know, of course a couple of days, you know, kind of hanging out by the pool at the, at the resort. So really looking forward to that. I don't know how restful ultimately that week will be. I know my wife has a very packed itinerary planned for us (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sure we'll be at the park for 12 to 14 hours and closing that place down, uh, extracting every penny of value that we can, um, from the investment, but it, it is great. You know, I'm a pretty busy guy and to spend this kind of like dedicated time with the family, and, and not have to worry about, you know, my day job, you know, is, is a blessing. And uh, so I am looking forward to that, Dave. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up. And, you know, I would say, you know, to many, you know, across uh, our listening audience, we're heading into spring break season. And maybe you're coming off of that or heading into it just like me. Not everyone's going to be able to go to Disney World or would even want to. Uh, but I think my encouragement would be try to find some time as much as we all love fantasy football, as much as we love dynasty, as much as we're constantly looking for the player updates, like I would challenge everyone, put your phone down, you know, for a dedicated period of time, you know, it might be difficult for you, but even if it's four hours, like just put it away. You promise you're not going to miss everything. Like give your wife, give your kids, your girlfriend, your dog, your cat, whatever, your fish, give them your undivided attention for a couple hours. And, and just allow yourself to not kind of reset your brain. I think we'll all benefit from that once in a while. I could not have said it better. And I really, Curtis, wish that I'd remembered to pull up uh, the outro sound effect on my sound bank here if I shifted over. So I, <laughs> so I missed the opportunity to just, yeah. you know, hit it up. So here we go. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.